Good morning. Today is Friday, the 4th of September, 2020. Today we remember Paul Jones. Our readings are Psalms 31, Job 19, 1 through 7, and 14 through 27, Acts 13, 13 through 25, and the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 18 through 41. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God is the rock of our salvation. O come, let us worship. Come, Let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, Let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God, our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. God is the rock of our salvation. Oh, come, let us worship. In you, O God, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O God, faithful God. 
You hate those who pay regard to worthless idols. But I trust in God. I will exult and rejoice in your steadfast love. Because you have seen my affliction, you have taken heed of my adversities, and have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O God, for I am in distress. My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery, and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed out of mine like one, like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O God. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Do not let me be put to shame, O God, for I call on you. Let the wicked, let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go dumbfounded to Sheol. Let the lying lips be stilled that speak insolently against the righteous with pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness that you have laid up for those who fear you and accomplished for those who take refuge in you, in the sight of everyone. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from human plots. You hold them safe under your shelter from contentious tongues. Blessed be God, for God has wondrously shown God's steadfast love to me when I was beset as a city under siege. I had said in my alarm, I am driven far from your sight, but you heard my supplications when I cried out to you for help. Love God, all you God's saints. God preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts haughtily. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Job. Then Job answered, How long will you torment me and break me in pieces with words? These ten times you have cast reproach upon me. Are you not ashamed to wrong me? And even if it is true that I have erred, my error remains with me. If indeed you magnify yourselves against me and make my humiliation an argument against me, know then that God has put me in the wrong and closed the net around me. Even when I cry out, Violence! I am not answered. My relatives and my close friends have failed me. The guests in my house have forgotten me. My serving, my serving girls count me as a stranger. I have become an alien in their eyes. I call to my servant, but he gives me no answer. I must myself plead with him. My breath is repulsive to my wife. 
I'm loathsome to my own family. Even young children despise me. When I rise, they talk against me. All my intimate friends abhor me, and those whom I loved have turned against me. My bones cling to my skin and to my flesh, and I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. Have pity on me. Have pity on me, O you, my friends, for the hand of God has touched me. Why do you, like God, pursue me, never satisfied with my flesh? Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last they will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side. And my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle I, A Song of Jonah I called to you, O God, out of my distress, and you answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I ever look again from your holy t- upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep was round about me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land beneath the earth. Yet you brought up my life from the depths, O God. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O God. And my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay, for deliverance belongs to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, chapter 13, verses 13 through 25. Then Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos, and came to Perga and Pamphylia. John, however, left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch and Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the officials of the synagogue sent them a message, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, give it. So Paul stood up and with a gesture began to speak. You Israelites and others who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our ancestors and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, God led them out of it. For about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. After God had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, God gave them their land as an inheritance for about 450 years. After that, God gave them judges until the time of the prophet Samuel. Then they asked for a ruler, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. 
When God had removed Saul, God made David their ruler. In God's testimony about David, God said, I have found David, begotten of Jesse, to be a man after my heart, who will carry out all my wishes. Of this man's posterity, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as God promised. Before Jesus' coming, John had already proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his work, he said, Who do you suppose that I am? I am not the one. No, but the one who is coming after me, I am not worthy to untie the thong of the sandals on their feet. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 18, A Song to the Lamb Splendor and honor and royal power are yours by right, O God Most High. For you created everything that is, and by your will they were created and have their being. And yours by right, O Lamb that was slain. For with your blood you have redeemed for God, from every family, language, people, and nation, a royal priesthood to serve our God. And so to the one who sits upon the throne, and to Christ the Lamb, be worship and praise, dominion and splendor, forever and forevermore. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. John chapter 9, verses 18 through 41. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind. And they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. 
We know that God does not listen to sinners, but God does listen to one who worships God and obeys God's will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the incarnate? He answered, And who is this, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe. Jesus said to him, You have seen the incarnate, and the one speaking with you is this one. He said, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who see who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Well, friends, admittedly, my head's not really in the game. Um, I'm struggling with another tough decision. But as our psalm this morning says, God has wondrously shown God's steadfast love. We shall be strong and let our hearts take courage. I think this is true. I think that God is there in all of it. And I think that that we are, any of us, doing the best that we can. And God takes what we have and makes it enough. You all have heard me say that before. So I trust in God for that today. Um, So our reading from Job... You guys, I can't wait to get out of Job. It's so rough. Please forgive me. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see the blessing in Job. Um, So man, Job really feels like God is the enemy and God has turned against him and that his innocence is the only champion, the only thing fighting on his behalf that he has. And I just think, what a terrible place to be. And I wonder if it could be different. You know, I... I myself turned away from God because particularly in my early 20s, early to mid-20s, because I felt that that God had abandoned me, that God had let me down in the worst possible way by 
not being there by allowing traumatic events in my life to happen. And, and I think that most of us have personal trauma of some sort, not diminishing or elevating on, on either side. And also, I think that there is trauma in the world around us. I don't think any of us can watch the news or read a history book and say that horrible and not see, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, that came out a little garbled, but, um, and not see that horrible, horrific things happen in this world. And they happen to innocent people. And even worse, there are horrible acts committed victimizing innocent people. So we have this big question about why does God let that happen? And in Job's mind, God is so personally responsible for everything that happens on earth that God becomes the actor. So it's not that terrible things happen, that Job was beset. Um, it is that God did it to Job. And, and I think we carry some of that, that thinking over even today, um, that the line between God allows it and God does it um, becomes rather fine. And here's the deal, friends. God is good. God doesn't do bad things. Like I said the other day, God doesn't punish us. And neither is the world all bad. So this dichotomy that God is all good and everything on earth is all bad, that doesn't exist either. The truth is that we have a mixed bag here on earth. We have, and you know I love Glennon Doyle's word, a life that is, as she says, brutal. It is beautiful and it is brutal. And when you dig into the root causes of all of the evil things that happen on this earth, a lot of times... Most times we find that you can trace back to a human actor and the human actor is acting out of whether a person or or a large group of people is acting out of fear and perceived scarcity. Even a lot of the natural disasters, right? Like the frequency of the storms and all of this can be traced back to ecological disturbances. Yes, I do believe in global warming, people. It's a thing. Science is real. (laughs) Um, And it's because of the way that we've lived on this earth. 
So all of that, and also humans are not all bad. We make mistakes. We act out of fear and perceived scarcity. And, and I guess that's kind of what I'm applying to this decision that I've got to make. I'm like, where is this decision coming from? Is it coming from love? Or is it coming from fear and perceived scarcity? And that's a pretty good filter to filter all our decisions through. And when we, when we think that God is acting in a way that is not loving, then I think maybe we need to look at ourselves, that maybe we're projecting something onto God, whether it's a personal belief or a cultural belief. So in, in Job's case, I believe Job is projecting a cultural belief onto God. Um, Job's culture was vengeful and violent. And so Job believed God to be vengeful and violent. And that's not to say that what was happening to Job isn't awful. But when we can see through whatever is impeding us from receiving God's love, even in the midst of our misfortune, we can experience healing and transformation even in the middle of our misfortune. And I know I'm repeating things that I have said before, but I think that these are true and relevant and applicable today. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I need to hear something more than once before I absorb it. And that kind of brings us to our reading from Acts. Actually, it really brings us to our gospel reading. Um, so let's talk about that first. Um, I know I'm going a little out of order here. Sorry. Um, with the blind man. So his parents are being controlled by fear, right? The community will exile them. They will be excommunicated, so to speak, from the temple if they acknowledge Jesus as Christ. And so out of fear, they pass that off to their son. And he just states these simple facts. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not passing judgment one way or the other on this person, Jesus. All I know is that I was blind and he did what I did and now I see. And they want him to tell the story again. He's like, you didn't listen the first time. Why are you going to listen now? 
And I think that's interesting, especially because we were just talking about needing to hear something more than once. Because they weren't listening to hear. They were listening to pick apart the story and to accuse. With what intent, with what heart are we going forth to listen to each other these days? Are we listening to understand? Or are we listening to judge? And then the Pharisees tried to discount the blind man. They try to decredit, discredit the source so that they can ignore the message. And then they drive him out and then they cast him away. First off, friends, we don't need to be casting anybody away. And secondly, the message comes to us, messages come to us from all different places. Sometimes even that distorted mirror because you know when somebody says something ugly, it's really that they're saying it to themselves. They're really seeing whatever distorted version of themselves they have a problem with in the mirror when they say those ugly things to us. And I just realized I was making it kind of an us and them. But you always want to believe the best of your audience, right? But I don't mean to make it that dichotomy either. I... um. Man, I want to listen with the ears of the Holy Spirit. I want to see with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. And I want to have the heart of compassion that is from the love of God. And that is what I pray for all of us, my friends. I think I have said enough about that. And I think the inheritance that I want to pass on is, as the reading from Acts says, the inheritance of Jesus. And it's not inheritance of position or stature or standing or wealth or power or land. It is so much more than that. It is the inheritance of love. It is a revolutionary way of living in this world and relating to others. And it embraces the brutal nature of life. And it allows us to encounter both those things, the beautiful, the beautiful and the brutal, and to fully live
let alone it is through this love that we are provided a path to God, God's self, to the heavenly dominion, to the life everlasting. I believe, friends, that God invites us to eternity and also invites us to live with joy on this earth. And so that is what I receive and open myself to be transformed by. And I, I hope that you all do the same. I ask this for us by and in the one who brought it to us, who is love, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thank you for letting me wax on in my very halting way this morning. It's been difficult for me to focus, but I think that perhaps there's something there. Maybe I was able to get out of the way enough for the Holy Spirit to speak a little. Let us say together the affirmation of faith. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God. And listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We'll use suffrages today. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, whose most dear incarnate went not up to joy, but first suffered pain, and entered not into glory before being crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the Christ, may find walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your very word made flesh, your begotten, our Savior. Amen. Let us use as a prayer for mission the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. 
Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let us now intercede on behalf of others and ourselves. God, I pray for this country and for our world that we may dismantle the unholy systems that oppress some and lift up others, and that we may lift each other up together and all rise. Amen. Lord, I pray for all who are wounded, that they may be healed, that the cycle of woundedness and abuse may be broken, and the circle of healing begin. I pray, God, for your help and your healing and your guidance for all of us. And now I lift up the names of those individuals whom the Spirit has laid upon my heart. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the means of grace and for the hope of glory, and, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives. By giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>